Hello, and welcome to the sixth episode of Matchup Mashup. I'm your host, Private Merc, and I'm joined by Wee Wee Man. How you doing, Wee Wee Man? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. So how was your week? It was pretty good. I was a busy man this week. I had to do a lot of shopping for uh, a bunch of different stuff, like uh, like my honeymoon's going to be coming up, so... Uh, Megan was like, we gotta go pick out some nice clothes for you and for her too. So we were at the mall doing some shopping. Um, and then we had to go buy a few other things, wedding related. So a lot of wedding related stuff this weekend. But, um, I also, um, including Private Merc, we, we, uh, played some Diablo till like 5am on Friday and that was that was so amazing. Just big chilling playing Diablo. Um, I love Diablo. Yeah, it's so good. I, it we is really we fun. we rewatched the uh, cause cause me and our other friend had already like played it a little bit, but Private Merc hadn't had the chance because he he's been really busy. But uh, yeah, we re- we rewatched like the intro like like the opening scene, and it's just like oh my god, it's it. it after playing a little bit of the game and then rewatching that scene, it just like felt like a lot cooler for some reason. Like seeing it a second time, I was like, "Damn!" All of the cinematics in that game are so good too. Yeah, very good. Um, and yeah, other than that, uh, just Hearthstone, of course. And uh, this week, if you were if you followed my Twitter, you'd see I was playing some Menagerie Warrior. And I was having a lot of fun with that, so um, so yeah, I got a lot of games in with that, and learned a bit about that deck over the week. But yeah, other than that, just just pretty uh, pretty busy, just doing doing a lot of shopping, Diablo, and the such. How about you? Uh, so I had a pretty busy week. I had a work trip to Infocom in Florida. Um, so Infocom is like I'm in the AV industry, audiovisual industry, and so Infocom is like a yearly convention where all of the different manufacturers of various equipment like come to show you their new products and like try and get you like just like hype about what they have coming up. And so that it's just like TVs, cameras, like so many video walls at Infocom, like videos giant, like there was like a two hundred and eighty-eight inch 8k video wall they had and i was just staring at this massive thing on the wall and just like playing this beautiful 8k imagery of like flowers and shit and i was like oh my gosh i was like that is it's pretty wild and they had some other cool stuff too like yeah just like normal like nerdy av stuff actually probably not that cool but (laughs) (laughs) it was it was fun but i'm glad to be back got my pc played some diablo 4 and yes hail lilith I love Lilith. Yeah, she's pretty badass. Fun. I'm playing Rogue. Rogue, Rogue is pretty fun. I want. I'm interested in trying out the other classes too because I want some like magic in my life. I'm gonna probably try it Sorcerer next, but Rogue is really fun. The game is just really fun. The game is like is really good looking too, especially the cinematics. Oh my gosh, the cinematics are crazy, and they just like they're like so amazing and beautifully well done. But then like also after they're over, you're like. That was terrible. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're brutal. <laughs> Very brutal. But like, yes, yes, some art, some masterful, masterful 
cinematics speaking of art did you uh since you got your giga pc did you get the like high quality assets when you downloaded the game oh yeah nice all, yeah. all max graphics super really like, ultra everything Just looking oh, at it. i'm jealous <laughs> my computers we've, we've swapped places your computer's officially better than mine well then you can come on to baltimore and you can, you can game on my pc Alright. <laughs> so, other than that work trip, really busy. Um, what else? What else? Just, I played a lot of Street Fighter when I got back, too. Because Street Fighter is still amazing. And I will never stop loving Street Fighter. But other than that, still a lot of Hearthstone. I played a lot of Hearthstone the, tri- the trip, obviously. Because, like, I'm in a hotel room. Like, what am I going to do in that bed? Like, I'm going to play Hearthstone on my phone or laptop. So... A lot of Hearthstone's yes, played, and the one, de- I, I think I played, like, a few, like, one or two games with some other decks. Like, I played a little bit of Unholy DK, because I still love that deck. Played, like, still played some Pure Paladin, just see how it was doing. But, like, the deck I played majority of this week is Spooky Mage, and it's, like, the 40-card Spooky Mage. And it is not good. If you want to win, you probably shouldn't play Spooky Mage, but if it's the end of the set, and you're, like, getting excited for the new set, and you don't really care about winning a lot, but you care about having a lot of fun. Spooky Mage is very, very fun. So, And it can still win games. Like, Meat Man got number one legend in North America with it. Like, it's, like, that's also Meat Man, so. But, like, the deck is, uh, yeah, the deck's just really fun. Awesome. So, uh, would would you like me to... Start talking about my week in Hearthstone, kind of, and going over Menagerie Warrior a little bit, or? Sure, give wanna... us the Menagerie Warrior rundown. Alright, so, yeah, Menagerie Warrior is super fun. I I really enjoyed playing this deck, and uh, a, a while ago, I don't know, I don't think we ever posted the episode. I think, like, one week I was playing um, Menagerie Rogue for, mm, in, in pre- preparation. I remember that, and I was playing Blood DK. That was like our gonna be our week zero, but we like I think there was some audio issues or something. We were like, oh, we probably should not post this. Yeah, yeah, exact, yeah. So I, I had some experience with the amalgam bands, and I really, really enjoyed playing amalgam bands. I thought they were super fun. I thought it was really cool how you could just like leave them out with stealth, and if they didn't have a board clear, like you know, like non-targeted removal they could like you you could just like hit them for 12 or you know if you buffed it or whatever i thought that was really cool um but it was pretty bad like the menagerie rogue deck was like horrible almost and menagerie rogue's s tier bro no it's (laughs) f it's horrible but uh yeah so and i i've known about menagerie warriors existence for a while but i was like I was like, eh, you know, I've already dealt with the Amalgam Bands. I don't need to revisit it. But um, after trying a game with it, I kind of fell in love because I was like, damn, this is a really good deck. Like, it, it, you get your types very quickly. Um, it seems like it synergizes a lot better than the Rogue one did. Um, just with, uh, especially with Rockmaster Voon now. Um it just it feels really really um it feels like the most efficient like menagerie strategy and it just goes to show that menagerie rogue probably shouldn't exist because menagerie warrior can exist 
and I can't believe Rockmaster Boom was printed at four mana. Like, it's good that they buffed him. It buffing him like made this deck like more viable. That yeah, card, card is a really cool card. Do you want to like talk about him, or are you are you giving your rundown? You can finish that. I'm just curious to hear about him. Oh yeah, no, I'll definitely talk about him a bit because he's he's really good in this deck. But uh. But yeah, I mean, as a rundown, um, like I said, it's fun. Um, but uh, I I hit like a wall with it recently, and um, I was doing some research and realized that I might not have been using the most efficient or, or um, the most optimized deck list for this um, deck. And I was I was using the um, the list that Zacho put out from Vicious Syndicate um, on June 8th, I believe, which is kind of old. So it's kind of my fault for, you know, picking that one off the bat and not really looking at anything else. But from looking at HS Replay, I realized that there's a lot of different decks. But the one I was playing kind of, it seemed to prioritize getting as many different types out as possible. So uh, they weren't running certain cards that, when I was looking at these other decks, looked pretty good. Like, uh, one I saw was Astalor, and I was like, okay, that's, like, it's not a type, like, it's not really, like, for the men, men, uh, the Menagerie strategy, but it's another win condition, which I think in some of my games I kind of needed, because one problem I was running into, um, especially against Control, was I... I was doing really good at getting a bunch of amalgam bands. Like I was using my Rockmaster Voon to like copy like two of them, and then I'd have four, and then I'd have Zola, and then I'd you know do my um, amalgam of the deeps on my abyssal basis. But it's like even when I had like eight amalgam bands and I was playing them, it seemed like blood decay and priest especially we're just able to keep removing them and i was like jesus christ like what what am i supposed to do like it was actually kind of making me mad um so i kind of had to step back and like think about it a bit and looking at the other deck lists and seeing that astalor in there i was like hmm i wonder if astalor would be nice for those situations where it's like okay like they're just removing my amalgamates but maybe i chipped them down throughout the game and a nice fiery astalor would just kill them or something and um thinking about that i'm like okay maybe that could be a good card to have in there plus you know it has the two damage for removal if you need it or two damage to chip them down then you have the five uh five armor gain and then you know and then you have that damage uh, from hand, which is really nice. So I think that might be something to think about with people trying to optimize this deck and play the best list possible. I think Astalor could be a good uh, good um, card to put in this deck. But yeah, the deck I was playing, like I said, was optimized for getting as many types. So what Zacho did was uh, put in a Stereo Totem and a Rolling Stone, just one one of each. And that's cool because, you know, it's the to it's a totem and, a, and an elemental. So, um, you know, other deck lists I saw didn't have those. So you're kind of relying more so on your mistakes and your Amalgam of the Deeps to kind of get that number up. Because at a certain point, you're not, you know, you're just playing the same thing over and over again. But with this, the, le the list I was using, it's like you 
we're like getting that number up so quick because just everything you were playing just has a different type it feels like i mean sometimes it was slower depending on the hand you got but for for the most part um it seemed like it was i was getting like eight types by turn seven uh on average so so that was nice but the biggest issue was just the control matchup um which um i can't find it now for some reason but i was looking at menagerie warriors uh matchup spread on hs replay and it does have a pretty bad matchup against those decks and i yeah and i can attest to that because that's kind of where i hit the wall like i was playing a lot of like aggro decks playing like some some um some different like weird like mid-rangey decks like uh kind of like spooky mage well i wouldn't say that's i don't know what that is but but spooky mage wherever that lies i was i played a few of those um burn mages like pure paladin stuff like that and then at some point i just was playing only blood decays and control priests like around diamond three and that's when I just started to lose every game. And there was even a game where the control priest just kept, like, taking uh, amalgam bands. And it was just, like, I, I they were actually just playing more amalgam bands than I was. And it was kind of annoying. Uh, so were there ever any moments... It sounds like the control matchups are, like, your worst matchups out of all of them. Like, is that true? Or are there other ones you lose harder? It looks like statistic statistically, yeah. And then, um, in my experience, I I would have to agree with that. Um, Miracle Rogue is another one that's like pretty awful. Um, I I played a few Miracle Rogues, and it's like they were just putting out so many stats every turn that I was having to use my amount. And and this would happen in some of the control games too. Like especially blood decay, not really the control priest. The control, the problem with control priest is just the silence and the removal, and it's just like, and then and then them just stealing my things and just having fatter amalgams than me, which was really annoying. But yeah, and some of the other games when they had so many stats, and it's like I had to stay alive. I would be be playing my amalgam bands to remove their stuff, but it's like in in that way you're kind of playing a control v control game. Where, like, you're both kind of just, like, removing each other's threats and, like, trying to get... You're both trying to get something to stick. You're both trying to, like, kill your opponent. And the late's pro Or the game's probably gone very late. The problem is your deck is a 30-card deck and, you know, Blood DK... A lot of Blood DKs, unless you're playing the non-Renathal variant, you know, it's probably going to have Renathal, so they're going to have more cards. So is the Control Priest. So and even Mage, too. Yeah, and Chad Warlock, um, I've played a few Chad Warlocks that run Renathal, which is kind of weird. I don't, I don't even know if that is Chad Warlock, maybe. I'm that just... is that is Trash Warlock. Why would you trash run, Warlock. Why, would you, why would you run Renathal in a deck that you want to draw specific cards? Yeah, I don't know, but I def I've seen that. I've but I I've also seen like the normal Chad Warlocks. I probably played like two Chad Warlocks. Um, and that was also kind of a bad matchup cuz you know, once they started cheating out their big stuff, it's like I had to, again, use my Amalgam Bands as removal. And they would just keep playing so many threats every turn I couldn't keep up. And um, that also um, 
it looks like statistically is kind of a bad matchup for Menagerie Warrior. So I am, it I am not over. No, I am not over running Prince Renathal in your Chad Warlock deck. We're not. <laughs> literally like excuse, that's like putting Prince Renathal in your big Demon Hunter deck, and then you don't draw the Naga, and you're like, dang, next time. Like, yeah, no, it's stuff. I would, I would not do it ever. I, I, that's why I was like, maybe it isn't Chad Warlock. Like they had Thaddeus, and they had like the cheat, like they were cheating stuff out. But they also like they were running Renathal, and they were they were also they also had like a bunch of removal cards. Like maybe it was just a home. Were they deck. running like were they running like know. the abyssal curses? Oh, <laughs> um, that would be the, that would be the most Warlock thing to see people trying, <laughs> yeah. trying Renathal Chadlock with abyssal curses. No, yeah, I mean. I, I can't recall if I had an abyssal curse played on me, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was weird. It was, it was definitely a weird deck. Like I was just, I was getting my stuff removed and they were just like playing like Thaddeus and like on the, the, what is it? Lock, whatever that, the deal no. six to the enemy hero with lifesteal. I forget its name. Oh, Drakon, Lipdarthy or whatever. Yeah. Drakon or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, are there any games, it sounds like, if you go to the late game against these control decks, you're probably gonna lose, so are there games where you did just, like, play, like, fat power sliders, like, on turn, like, five or six, or, like, and you just, like, had played a bunch of stuff, and then that ended up killing them, or, like, nah, were the blood decays and control priests just, like, nope? Um... I did, I did have some games where the, the power sliders were, um, were pretty clutch, like uh yeah they they get pretty big pretty fast so um that is like a nice threat to put out there early on earlier on in the game and uh some of the games that I've won I I can't recall if I've ever done that against like a control deck but I know specifically against like some aggro decks like you know once I drop a power slider that's getting like a plus 7 plus 7 like he like that's that's enough to pretty much like close it out especially if i've been like like kind of just keeping their threats at bay which is pretty easy to do with this deck and i think that's why it kind of shines more so against aggro because um like especially with uh like rolling stone as weird of a card as it is and that you're only running one which me and private merc were talking about is kind of sus but um, having that as, like, some form of removal, like, that's actually, like, helped me in some games. Having the weapon, um, the, the tuning fork, and having that, uh, playing it when it has the ability to, this damages the minions next adjacent to it, um, that's also a good tool for removal, and, um, same with the backstage bouncer, like, against control, like, if you can just like backstage bouncer like your mermy or your click clocker or something like that's just two four five taunts on your board on turn four and that's like pretty good against aggro so i mean it definitely has the tools to deal with that and then i feel like once you play your one amalgam band against aggro especially or even your power slider you that pretty much is enough to end the game so you're talking about how 
Menagerie Warrior, uh, the Power Slider, could just end it against Aggradex. And I got me thinking, what Aggradex would be able to, like, answer the Power Slider? And then I thought of a card that it's no longer in Standard, but it's it would it was in an aggro deck. And if you played it against Power Slider, it would have ended it. And that's the card that always ends it, and that's Najok Hexen. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> yeah. But, God. um, and then... Um, I was also looking, and I got curious. I was had it. I haven't played in a lot of this deck, so I'm not sure how it plays. But I was thinking about the types, and I was thinking about Sylvanas in this because she's an undead, and you play a lot of cheap dudes. Do you think she would go good in this deck, or do you think you just don't really like actually like it's probably not gonna infuse seven that much? I'm just curious because like I'm not sure how that would work. Hmm. Uh, um, that's actually an interesting thought. Cause yeah, I mean that is one more type. What is she's a turn or she's a six cost, right? Yeah, she's six. You don't run any six costs, but also I find it hard to believe she would be infused to seven on six. But even still, like maybe six mana to destroy something is. I like, mean, if you're playing it where you like dump your hand, um, you can easily infuse her if she's like in your starting hand or you draw her like in the first like three turns or something, and you're dumping your hand, especially if you're playing it where you're dumping your hand because you have a Magatha or, or, um, even like you plan to play your roaring applause. Cause like you, you can in this deck, it's like very easy to feel okay with like just putting all your minions out because you do have pretty good reload with Magatha and the roaring applause. Um, what would your thoughts be? I see there's some decks that run rancher. You say like fine with dumping your hand. How do you think rancher would be in this deck? Yeah, that's I. I mean, I feel like it could definitely work, um, especially for like chipping them down. Uh, just like getting the one ones is nice. I was having like me and Private Merc were discussing this actually like um, before the podcast and talking about like how how this card would like be. And my initial my initial take on it was that like. I didn't think it would be good because it's not, like, actually increasing your, like, types that you're playing. Um, and on top of that, like, you really don't have a way to, like, buff your 1-1s. Like, I could see it being in Unholy because, like, you're probably, like, I mean, if you don't have Grave Strength, obviously, like, it's still nice to get those 1-1s, and that's still bodies on the board that you can do damage with, but I feel like what makes it really good is when, like, you play a bunch of dudes, and it's like, okay, I could Grave grave Strength, um, and if they clear my stuff, I could still Grave Strength, which is, like, super strong, because it's like, even if you play four things with Hawk Strider Rancher, um, and then those get cleared, and then you have four 1-1s, it's four damage, but uh, having for, like a buff for it. To answer to though. Yeah. That's, like, a lot of, if they don't have an AOE or something, that's a lot of like they'll have to answer it over time with like hero powers and stuff. So it's still pretty big. Yeah, but, uh, and plus also, the buff too, like the buff they get initially. Good and unholy specifically because it generates corpses, which is also good. So that's yeah, that definitely checks it out. Also, Sylvanas on 6, we were talking about that. If you can play her on 6 fully infused, like, I've done that before in Unholy DK, like, that does just win the game. Like, because they'll play, like, something big or something, like, 
and then you'll take that. It's like I've had him play taunts. Like I don't that. that I could see so Sylvanas good. being very very good against uh, like Blood DK. Yeah, like if you have it, you just take a gnome launcher and then you hit him with it. Like. Yeah, exactly, and and like. And you're definitely going to have that infused, especially if you're dumping your hand, because the stupid blood decay is just going to be removing your stuff the whole game. So, like, yeah, that I could see that being really huge in that matchup. Um, I'm not sure, does, like, control priests play big bodies on their own? Like, every time I've played a control priest, it just seems like they get the nuts from my deck, and then they just play it against me, and it makes me, like, I mean, they have some stuff, right? Like, they have car they, they run not a lot, but, like, the big things they do run, like Blackwater Behemoth, if they play it, you probably, like, lose, so. Yeah, so that could be something you could, like, Sylvanas, too. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah. even get the tail, though, or the, whatever it is, the lure. You wouldn't get the lure, and then the priest would be like, yeah. oh, you have a minion now, and then they'd play one of their removal spells. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Um... But yeah, that, that might be something to think about. I I don't think anyone's trying that. I might honestly try that uh, if I play more of this deck. Because I do like this deck, and I would keep playing it. Um, uh, especially now that I've realized that I really haven't done enough experimentation with it. Um, and that was kind of due to me just hitting a wall. Like I thought the list I was running was fine because I was winning a bunch of games with it. And then when I hit that wall, that was like two days ago and where was was your wall at that was like right like it's always at right when i'm about to be diamond two so like i have diamond three with three stars and then my game to go into diamond two like it just like oh here's a blood dk for you who's just gonna like remove all your stuff all game and make you feel really good and then i drop all the way down to like diamond four and then it the cycle repeats so yeah. Um, well, yeah, that, that was unfortunate. DK can't but... have a hundred and five health anymore. Yeah. True. <laughs> Did you ever play any Blood DK back to the point to get it to a large enough number? No, I started playing it after they um, nerfed the triple room cards. I don't think I ever got triple digits, but I think I was either eighty-five or ninety-five once. Damn, that's pretty good. And it was in, like, the version that ran all those discovers, though. Look, even the Volpera Scoundrel, like, the... the oh, wow. Yeah, you were, like, literally all about it. <laughs> yeah, um... So I'm trying to think what else I should talk about here with this deck. How's um, Backstage Bouncer? That's a new card from the mini set. Like, how is he... Perform. oh he's good he's good um i definitely really like this card especially like if you you know like you're playing party animals um and getting them buffed like it's just it's really huge i wonder um, if rancher would give you two if they they would both get death rattle so that would synergize well as well that would yeah yeah that's yeah, Hawkstrider Rancher is definitely a card I feel like people should try in this deck because there is a lot of bodies, a lot of a lot of small bodies, and um, that could that could be a huge thing. And I think more so, like it's huge that you still you get the one ones when your stuff dies, but it's also huge that you're just getting that one one buff when you play them afterwards too. I'm looking at stats on it right now. It legend stats. It's the second best card to Mulligan in the deck, and it's the has the number one. It's the best played win rate card in the deck. Oh, wow. 
So Hogstrider Rancher may, may be good in your in your deck that runs twenty eight minions. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also see uh, some lists running Treasure Guard, um, which I could see because like you're you're playing a Naga that isn't because like if you're playing Zola, you're probably playing that to get your uh, one amalgam ban so like you've already played a one amalgam ban so treasure guard would be nice for trying to get your minion type count up but um i also feel like i feel like the meta has changed a lot since treasure guard has actually been a good card and i feel like it's just not that great right now um and that might just be bias for me because I was trying when I was playing OTK uh, Cagehead. I was trying Treasure Guard and that, thinking that like, oh, it's huge. I draw a card and it uh, keeps me from taking five damage. But um, with how fast everything moves in this meta and how like quickly boards build up, I don't think it's really that good anymore, in my personal opinion. I think, like you said, with Backstage Bouncer, the same the same thing applies to. Um... Uh, well, wait, wait, which card? Which card? We treasure doing? guard? Yeah, treasure guard. The same thing that you said about, uh, the backstage bouncer applies, where party animal also makes it better. Like, a three mana one five that don't taunt draw, die draw a card is, like, it's, like, okay, but if it's two six, like, if it, just more than one attack. Like, if it's got, because it's got a big butt, it's got lots of health, so. Yeah. Yeah, party animal is just huge in this deck, like, um, that's definitely a card that you like to see in your mulligan when you're playing this deck. Um, I guess, I guess, uh, since I already said in your mulligan, I can, like, kind of go over what I was keeping in my mulligans, um, what I think is good. Transitions, let's go. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, uh, I definitely, like I said, Party Animal is huge. Um, he's just good no matter what. He has a type and he buffs pretty much everything in your hand because this entire deck is pretty much just minions oh i was wrong it's 26 actually because we run the the tuning fork now right oh yeah yeah and tuning fork is pretty good um i actually before i go into mulligans i want to talk about uh, the most insane and thrilling hearthstone game i've ever played in my life and uh it was crazy because um i'm trying to remember who I was playing against, what they were playing. Because um, what was happening was, oh, it was a it was a, a hunter. It was a hound hunter. And they, they were just, like, actually getting, like, the craziest stuff. Like, they, they had all their hollow hounds. They were, like, removing my stuff. They were healing for a, a bunch every turn. Like, they were always at 30. And it came to a point when... Um, you know, they were just playing, like, ginormous King Crushes. Like, they they probably... I think they played, like, four in the game. Like, they literally played four King Crushes. And I was just removing them every single... Like, I was generating so many Amalgam Bands that I was just... Every time they played a King Crush, like, they couldn't kill me with it right away. Because, like, I had... I would have, like, taunts up. Or I would, like... um I would just, you know, have enough life to, like, survive, and then I would be able to, like, play an Amalgam Band and heal for 12 and kill both of them. Because there was normally two coming. Like, I think they put them out in twos. Um, so, so yeah, they were just going crazy, getting the nuts. And then I 
I got to the point where I was, um, I was, uh, starting to fatigue. So I didn't have any cards left. And, um, before that I had played a Nelly and I took a Tony, another amalgam band and like, um, something else. And then with the weapon, um, the turn, the turn before the, the turn that I like turned the game around, I, I played the weapon with its ability to discover a taunt. And I took like a ginormous, like a, like it was, it had like 12 health. It was a taunt with like 12 health. And I played a backstage bouncer on one of my like cheaper minions to put up some more taunts and had removal with a cheap, uh, like a reduced amalgam band. Um, and then I, I had a Tony. So I flipped our decks around, so it took their, like, last, like, ten cards and gave them my, like, empty deck. And they couldn't, they had, like, a King Crush, but they ca- they couldn't get through all my taunts to kill the Tony and get their deck back, so they started fatiguing. Then I played another Amalgam Band and removed their last threat, and then they had zero cards in hand and zero cards in their deck, and I won. They just conceded, because I just put up enough taunts to protect the Tony, and, um kept myself from fatiguing and then just was able to remove their last king crush that they played tony, and tony, uh tony players are gross yeah i i like i just felt so happy that i won that game because they were like also spamming uh voice lines like they were spamming like well played like over and over again like because they just thought they had won because i was fatiguing and i and then they had like they knew they had that king crush in their hand and they were like well i'm gonna win <laughs> and then I just flipped the game around, and they conceded, and I felt really good about myself. So that was just a cool story. And that's this deck is like so fun for that. Like I don't know, I just I I think it's cool how like you're discovering stuff, but it's like consistent discovers. Like the abyssal basis, you only use that to find a million amalgam bands, and then Nelly like. I, I don't know the logic behind it because I thought Warrior had like a lot of pirates, but maybe they all rotated out. But you get you get Amalgam Band offered to you a lot, and then um, you also get Tony offered to you a lot. So there's um, there's stuff with that being able to use Tony and being able to use the Amalgam Bands, which I only did that once, but that one game felt really good, and it was it was cool to me. That I was like. I took the game into fatigue and I still won it because of taking like the Tony and the amalgam band off of Nelly. So, um, so yeah, that was, that was just a cool story I wanted to share against, uh, I I feel like with, uh, I don't have the statistics, but I feel like with Nelly, you probably got like a pretty decent chance to find band like somewhere from like 30 to 40%, I would assume. Yeah. I mean, cause it's three discovers. Yeah, yeah. There, I I have discovered Amalgam Band off of Nelly like quite a few times. It's de- it definitely happens very often. And same with Tony. Like Tony and Amalgam Band pop up, and your Nelly discovers like pretty often, which how's, is super cool. How's tuning fork by the way? Because we talked about bouncer because that came out in the mini set. How's the fork? Yeah. So the fork, like I said, with that game, like me being able to find that taunt, um, was able to like save me from a king crush uh so that was huge and like i said against aggro um using it with uh damaging adjacent minions is great for removal on smaller minions um 
and then the five armor one, it's like, eh, you know, like, whatever. I, I didn't really use it for that ability very often, just because I feel like it's not, like, it's five armor, but it's like, I don't know, I feel like, I feel, I feel like, like the adjacent one. minions, the plus three attack, or, or, yeah, plus three or plus, I plus think plus two. two attack. Yeah, plus two attack, and the uh, taunt discovery ones are just better abilities, but. I feel like you want to um, be pretty actively avoiding the armor one, at least in this kind of deck. I could see you maybe running this in, like, a control deck if Control Warrior is ever brought back from the dead. But, um... Because that would be pretty good in Control Warrior. Yeah. It's like, like a shield block, almost. Because shield block two mana is really good. Game five, draw a card. This is game five, and then it's, like, a removal. So... Right. Like that's pretty good. But, yeah, in this deck, yeah. I feel like you are sad. You probably, like, avoid playing it entirely. Like, if you wanted to play that on turn two, but then it was the armor, you just might not do it, I feel like. Yeah, there was, there was games I definitely didn't, um, unless, like, I just wanted to reduce my Abyssal basis as soon as, like, possible, because there was games where, like, my hand would kind of just be like, like okay, the best things I can do early on, because I'm just, all I've drawn this entire game is that the Tuning Fork, Abyssal Basis, it's an Amalgam of the Deep, and it's like, well, I'm not just going to play an Abyssal Basis, because if they kill one... And I don't get to play my Amalgam of the Deep on it. I'm going to be sad. So um, sometimes reducing it is like a big priority to me. So I won't care as much to like wait for a different effect. Which I've, I've done that in some games and I've won those games. But I definitely don't think the 5 armor is like the one you want. Definitely checks out. Um, but yeah. Uh, but uh, the Tuning Fork, it's good, but... In my personal opinion, I don't think it's, like, a mulligan keep. I think it's, like, you know, it's not a minion with a type. It's 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 something you don't really want to keep in your mulligan. Um, like I said, party animals. And then any of your one drops um, are pretty nice uh, with... I know not all of them run the Razorfen Rockstar... Um, but he's like, he's like, all right, uh, just so you can get a Quillbore type, um, in your stack and then gain four armor on turn two. If you don't have anything else to do, like that's, that's fine to keep in your hand. I feel like, um, but, uh, party animal, um, stereo totem is huge. Uh, if you know the person you're playing against is going to have trouble removing a three health minion, um, for like a f few turns like if you know or it might just force them to play a way that they don't want to play um like you know spending a turn removing that instead of doing something else and then you still get that effect on like one thing plus it's a totem so you're increasing your types yeah making which... them spend their turn too to like cast a spell on that and kill it is essentially like you just got a plus two plus two for free yeah exactly so that's that's pretty huge and that's what's cool about this deck like there's so many things you can just throw out not because you're trying to use it to kill them like in that moment but you're just you're trying to get your types like that's all you're doing that's why like razorfin rockstar it's like yeah it's a pretty bad card i get like i think but it's a quill bore and it you know if you don't have anything better to do it does gain you more armor but I'll, i honestly don't think that like you want to be doing that like like i think you would rather play this for the type and then if you have other things you can play on turn two you might as well do that instead of gaining armor because it's just like i don't know unless 
like, I guess that armor gain could help against, like, aggro, but if they're developing their board, I think you would probably want to develop your your board further rather than gain the four armor. Razor from Rockstar is another card that if Control Warrior ever comes back from the dead will be good. <laughs> turn, yeah, I could definitely see that. Turn one Rockstar, turn two, uh, remixed tuning fork, gain seven armor. <laughs> yeah, just infinite armor. Be pretty good. Um, I probably agree. It probably isn't like. I mean, the stats say it's not bad. Like the stats say it's pretty good to keeping your mole again, but like. I'm assuming that's more the fact that it's just a one-mana 1-3 one, and not the fact... And it's a quill bore. And, like, not really much to do with that effect. Because, like, Mistake also looks really good statistically, which, I mean, it's just a one-mana 1-3. One, yeah. Yeah, that's why I think, like... Because there's not much better, like, stuff you can play on, like, your first turns. Like, the best thing you can play is probably Party Animal. Um, and then other than that, there's... But also, also... Like, thinking about that, like, playing a party animal, like, right off the bat on turn two might not always be what you want to do, because maybe you want to, like, give plus one, plus one to, like, more than just three things. So, so that might not always be a good early turn play, but I think it's a good, I think it's a good play against aggro, because, uh, your bodies are just gonna be pretty big, like on you know, like on the following turns. Um, even if it's not a bunch of stuff that you've given one one to, you've given it to like three things that are probably, hopefully, things that you'll be playing in the following turns. So, um, I think having those extra stats helps you, um, kind of keep their threats at bay better. But against control, I could see you wanting to maybe hold this and uh trying to get it to buff like better things like getting it to buff your backstage bouncer or something um so so i feel like that is a um i feel like that is a kind of uh mix or a toss-up i guess like when you want to play that um but i don't think it ever hurts to keep it but you may want to uh, think about your your game plan and if you want to play it early on and give a few things plus one plus one or give a bunch of things plus one plus one um and uh i think magatha um it's like you want to draw into magatha i feel like but it's just taking up a lot of space if you keep it um if you have coin maybe Maybe that's better because you could like just coin it out on turn four and just fill your hand up. But um, I feel like overall with this deck, you want to kind of just play your cheaper stuff early on, uh, especially against control or against aggro. And against control, your board, your early board doesn't matter as much. They're going to be removing it, and the amount of chip damage you do is probably going to get healed or. Um, yeah, like healed. So or uh they're going to gain armor or something. So like like it not saying it doesn't matter, but um I think in the control matchup, you're mainly just trying to maximize like your value and getting a bunch of amalgam bands cuz that's ultimately how you have to win against control. So um 
Yeah, I'm just looking at the stats on HS Replay here, and it says that Magatha has, like, one of the, the highest mulligan win rate percent. So were there ever any games where you did keep her and it ended up working out? Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I think with the coin, she's better because you can get her body out, um, faster, like getting the five, five on turn four, and then also getting all those cards in your hand. And even without the coin, it's fine. The only thing that sucks about keeping her in your hand is just like, you're not going to be, um, like that's one spot for like a card that you can't play until turn five or four with the coin so it's it's like it's just taking up a spot where you could have one of your smaller minions like a stereo totem or a party animal or anything smaller like a one one but that being said i think it has a high mulligan win rate because it is just like a decently i mean i guess it's not like anything crazy it's just a five mana five five but um its effect is really, really good in reloading your, your hand. So um, I think the reason it's such a high mulligan win rate is because of that effect and just being able to get more cards in your hand and not for not really for the body. It's just, it's just nice to have bodies out on board early. So um, if you don't have much else to do and then you also just have a Magatha sitting in your hand for five turns, that kind of feels bad. But... As long as your opponent isn't being too proactive, like, if they're not aggro, it's fine. Like, I feel like against control, especially, Magatha is pretty good because um, you don't have to be as worried about, like, keeping up with your opponent's board against control. Like, you're not really, like, worried about trying to just, like, get a bunch of minions out so that you can defend yourself. You're, you're fine with not really doing a whole lot and then playing Magatha to, you know, get a bunch more in your hand. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think that card is probably a, a, a reasonable keep. And I think um, if you're playing this deck, like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't feel bad about keeping it. Like, I think, I think it's a pretty solid keep. Um, the one I'm looking at, at least on the deck list I'm looking at, that has a questionable mulligan win rate is Abyssal Basis. Um, but I guess, like, if you keep Abyssal Basis with, like, like, say you get your Tuning Fork and you get a, uh, you get the Pirate Dude, whatever, Sword Eater, like, I could, I could see that being pretty good, because then you'll be able to get him out pretty early with, like, an Amalgam of the Deep and start generating, um, additional Amalgam Bands, so I could, I guess I could see that too. They're definitely, like, it's interesting to see that those are the highest win rate cards. He's also um, just good against, uh, like, if you drop bases against aggro, I feel like that's, like, pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, I feel like those are, like, two, like, uh, contrasting keeps. It's like, I feel like Abyssal Basis is definitely, like, a pretty good key, especially if you have, like, some form of a weapon in your hand. Um, Keeping that against aggro is pretty strong, and that's probably what gives it its high mulligan win rate. But I feel like with Magatha, I feel like against aggro, that's like not really like like great, um, unless like you know you do have like coin and your three other cards or like a party animal and like some other minions. But um, I, th I feel like Magatha is good against control, um, and then yeah, Abyssal Basis is good against aggro. And that would be, that would be my thoughts on those. Um, 
so yeah, uh, hopefully that was easy enough to follow. I don't know if I was too clear about like what I normally keep. Um, but I think all you got to take away from this is party animal rocks and, uh, yeah, according to HS replay stats, abyssal basis and magatha, um, are good keeps, but, uh, if you're going to keep that abyssal basis, uh, it may be good to try and search for a sword eater or the tuning fork. Uh, contrary to what I said earlier about not keeping tuning fork, because um, against aggro, like if you get tuning fork and you get the adjacent minions effect, that's honestly not too bad, especially if you have a bassist in your hand. So, um, yeah, I believe that wraps up. Unless you have any other questions, I think that's all I wanted to cover on Menagerie Warrior. I got nothing. All right. Sweet. So let's uh, hear about Spooky Mage. Spooky Mage. Spooky Mage is so fun. And I'm going to start you all off with a story. So I'm playing against a druid. Cleared all of his boards, all of his, uh, like, undead stuff, his Thaddeus, all of that, through the help of, like, reverberations and all of my other fun mage spells. Reverberations against Thaddeus, by the way. You reverb a Thaddeus, and you can hero power it, and then also just play a bunch of one costs for free from your hand is so good. But, so we got this druid down. He plays the Jailer, sets himself into Fatigue. Six turns later, he dies from the fatigue six damage and cards from my hand, even though he, like, filled the entire board because I just kept playing blizzards and solid alibis to the point where he was never able to hit my face. And he played, like, other stuff, too. <laughs> like, he played a giant mishmash monster, cleared my whole board. It had, like, ten attack. He also had out... He had out, like, three things, and they were all gigantic. And I just continued to play like frozen touches to his face and hero power as i either played blizzard or played solid alibi and it's just like it's just like wow i can just get solid to alibi is cracked solid alibi is so, so good. good um but yes okay so this is like a super like value based control deck to the point where like you will your hand will be full most of the time sometimes you'll even overdraw if you're like sometimes you're forced to do that because you just so many, like, value cards, like Savara, Volume Up, you have Suspicious Alchemist, you have Vizier, you have Infinitize the Max to Prismatic Elemental, you have so many cards that are adding cards to your hand, and I even run, so I'm running the Tic Tac list, the list that Meat Man hit one legend, number one legend with, but I took out Fizzle, because I think Fizzle's trash, and I'm running Remix Dispensobot. I also took out Audio Amplifier for another remix to Bot, but I, like, I don't even know. Like, maybe Audio Amplifier's good, maybe it's not, but it feels good to play, right? Like, it feels good to have 11 cards and also to go up to 11 mana, especially in those matchups, like, if Control Priest gets up, like a Control Priest matchup, for example, if they have up the Love Everlasting and they're discovering a Savannah spell every turn for one mana, like, if you're playing that really late game... You have to be, like, discover and infinitize the max tooth and stuff like that. And, like, having 11 cards in your hand is really good. So, it's really good in the control matchup. So, I ended up putting that back in, but I had been running two remix dispenser bots. But, the point is this deck is, like, super value-based. And, uh, against aggro, I guess, or... Hmm... 
What matchups are you most interested in hearing about, Wee Wee Man? Or any cards, specifically? Um, um, well, I was actually going to ask you to, like, go over the Dispenso bot a little bit. Like, what are you, uh, kind of same with, like, the Tuning Fork. Like, uh, what are you kind of looking for yeah, that um, card is when just, you play that? That card is fun. It's a fun card. So... Your four options are gain two coins, get two frost spells, get two mechs, or get two secrets. The secrets can be the same. I've gotten the same secret twice. I've never taken the mechs. The coins, I've also never taken, but I could see them being good if, for example, like, I could see them being really good if you had Queen Ajara in your hand, or, like, even, like, they're fine, like, maybe it's just, I don't know, like, you need to coin out to, like, make it so you can finalize, or finale, sorry, and infinitize the max, dude, infinitize the max, too. literally, like, caught my tongue there, I said finalize, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I can see that, uh, are you looking, like, like, uh, so say you're playing against, um, like, a control deck, like, or, or, yeah, I guess we could talk about control first. Uh, so, uh, is there or is it matchup dependent what you're looking for? Like, is it just like one of those cards where like you can just kind of decide in that moment if you want the effect that it's offering and uh, on that turn, like, like depending on what deck they're playing and what their board state currently is, um, like. Is there anything that's stronger than the others, no matter no matter what? Like, is there a battle cry that's better than the other ones, um, no matter what? Or for you're asking about remix dispenser bot? Or? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's situational. I don't think any of them are better. I find myself opting to wait normally for either frost spells or secrets. I feel like Max, like Max, could be good. I haven't ever taken Max. It's just like I'm not really sure that I want to spend my Spooky Mage turn playing random mechs. Like, I think I'd rather be playing random Frost Spells or random Secrets. And the Secret Pool is, like, pretty good. Like, there's some, like you don't want the the one that gets a copy of the minion that hit your face. And you don't want... I mean, like, the rest are, like, pretty... Like, Objection and Counter Spell are both, like, great. And then... So I go for the Secrets a lot, because Secrets are generally pretty strong. And I haven't gone for the coins, but it could be... It could be good if you had a specific hand. So I don't really go for coins. But then Frost Spells, an interesting thing about Frost Spells is if you're like me, you assumed that this meant, like, Mage Frost Spells. But actually, it means uh, any Frost Spell. So I played again against Wee Wee Man, actually, where I won because I was, I was playing Cold Feet. I played Cold Feet that I got off of that to make enemy minions cost five more. And then later that game, I did, like, a swing turn with Romath. And I made a big spooky board of skeletons, but he also recast cold feet, and so just just could not, or Wee Wee Man just could not play a one amalgam band because it was twelve mana. Yeah, that was that was fun. So, <laughs> and then Horn of Winter, I got a Horn of Winter once. That was like not very great, but it could be good. So it's just interesting because like I was like Frost spells would be really good because like if it's Mage, it's like oh, Blizzard or Deathborn. But I guess Mage. Pro- I don't know off the top of my head. I don't think they have, like, a massive pool of frost spells. So I could see why it's all classes. Because the pool, you would probably, if it was just mage, get Deathborn or Blizzard a lot. Specifically Deathborn would be really good. But So I can see that. Okay. Cool. Uh, how about how about Dirty Rat? Because I know you're running Dirty Rat 
contrary. I know, like, Zacho always says that this card is not good and you should not run it, but it felt pretty horrible when you were playing it against my Amalgam Bands, so... Um, in your other games, in your ladder experience, like, uh, what are some, some things you could tell us about Dirty Rat, like, uh, matchup wise? Like, what, what are, what are the decks that you were scared to play a Dirty Rat against? And which ones are you like, I want to Dirty Rat you, like, right now? So, I feel like you don't ever want to play Dirty Rat on turn two. I do, because I'm a psychopath, but... (laughs) <laughs> you don't really want to like it actually worked out I, today i think it was a shadow priest or something it might not have been a shadow priest it might have been like an unholy dk and i played it and it pulled a really small one drop and then they just conceded and i was like i mean okay but i don't know like, <laughs> <laughs> like why why you did that but yeah it's like fine it's like sometimes you can dirty rat something like something big with an effect or a death rattle and then you can reverberations it and just hero power it if it's, like, turn 7. Like, that can be fine. But, like, playing Dirty Rat really early without it, like, mi- at minimum without, like, your location in case you pull something horrible is, like, normally not what you're trying to go for. You, like, want to have a way to kill the thing after the Dirty Rat pulls it out. So, yeah, I'm not really sure I would ever be playing this on turn 2. Even against, okay. like, the most aggressive decks. Because even the most aggressive decks, like Shadow Priest, you could pull out a Shadowed Spirit. Or, like, I'm just not, I'm not sure I'm interested in taking that risk. I do it. Like, I do it. But if I'm giving out advice to people that don't want to probably lose, but want to, like, I do it because I want to go to the casino. And I want to, like, maybe ruin their day. But, like, it's not the right thing to do. That checks out. Um, and you're running Restaurant Viper, too, right? Uh, I am. I think I, I actually did end up cutting that for the second remix of Spencer, but I forgot about that. But it, 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 like, actually, it was pretty, pretty good. I used it against, I think I used it again for the third card in a row. I used it against you. Um, I used it against, it was useful against a Hunter to destroy the hope of Kel'Thalas. But, I mean, if they have a big enough board already, it's not really doing much, because you're probably big against Pure Paladin, right? Did you get any where you destroyed the Horn of the Windlord? After uh, the nerfs, I just haven't really seen that much Pure Paladin, to be honest with you. Okay. But I'm trying to think if there were any others where it was good. Um, no, I don't really think there was off the top of my head. But some of the most fun cards in this deck, so let me let's take a look. I just, all the Discover effects are fun. I'm a big Discover guy. I'm a fan. So Prismatic Elemental and Vizier and Infinitize, these are all, these are all good fun cards. And Volume Up again, I still, I still, less so with Burn Mage, because I tried some Burn Mage, but I still struggle with Volume Up sometimes, just like finaleing that and having the space in your hand. But an Audio Amplifier does help with that. But basically the overall like purpose of this deck is you just play some stuff in the early game like you play your get your cosmic keyboard out you play an armor vendor a suspicious alchemist that type value stuff and you just kind of stall you you want to like build up to your deathborns get like a big deathborn turn and like just stall with blizzard and solid alibi and you just want you're trying to outvalue them basically like you're trying to get to a point where 
they just don't have anything left to do. There's no more cards left in their hand. And from the mini set, Reverberations is honestly, I already touched on it a bit, but that card is is a card. That's like really good. As long as it's at least turn five, it's single target removal. And how was that? You used that a lot against me when I was playing Amalgam uh, Bands. I think it's very strong. If really I get strong. hit it, I'll volume up, even if there's like a Deathborn or something present, unless it's Solid Alibi. Like, I normally take another Reverberations. I think that card is really good. <coughs> I think it's also interesting because maybe, I mean, three mana might be too expensive for a combo piece, but. I could see a day where um, it gets run in like a more combo based deck is like a combo piece. Okay. Um. And then you were talking about value, like you're trying to outvalue your opponent. Um. So I'm assuming Queen Ajara plays a pretty big role in that. What are you, what are you normally taking off Queen Ajara based on your matchup? So if it's control, you take the Tidestone, you take the Shuffle 5 into your deck because you're Renathal deck, and like if the Control Priest or whatever knows what they're doing, they're also going to take the Shuffle 5, and you just try to win like the Fatigue battle. But if you're not playing against control, you probably just want to take the Colossal like normal. Um, I never got Blackwater Behemoth, but Blackwater Behemoth is like the best colossal to get off of her. I've gotten her in other that in other decks, but never with this deck. But yeah, the the uh get a colossal is really strong. I don't ever I don't take the other two. I don't take the recast your last spell and I don't take the uh the weapon. I took the weapon once, it didn't it didn't pan out. And yeah, uh, Romath recast it. And Romath normally, when you play the dude that recasts all your spells you've cast this game that didn't start in your deck, you're normally gonna fill your hand up anyway. Cause like, he's gonna just, he's just gonna play a bunch of Infinitize the Maxitudes cause you discovered those and he's gonna do some other stuff too. And your hand is just going to fill up. But, like, it is possible to play him and have that recast whatever Queen Ashara spell you took, if you took a Queen Ashara spell, so that's worth, like, noting, if you have the space in your hand. It normally, honestly, there I do not. Yeah, and, uh, I can, I can say firsthand, the, the one game that I actually was able to get on Private Merc, he killed himself by playing Romath, <laughs> and just drawing through his My Romath recasts my Rune of the Archdruid, or whatever it is. What is that? Not Rune of the Archdruid. It's like, uh, the, the not 10 cost druid spell that cast eight random druid spells uh i got that off of prismatic elemental so my romath recast that and it it played miracle growth when i was already at fatigue it played miracle growth to draw me three and then it also played the that infuse three it costs one draw three spell card and i just blew myself up from fatigue and i thought <laughs> i i knew as soon as i played it that one of us was dead because like i couldn't do end turn or any all my green stuff like went away and i was like okay i was like so one of us is dead i was like i hope that it's from it casting deathborn and then it casting deathborn again because i had played a bunch of deathborns but instead it decided to make me draw eight cards and blow my i literally took me to fatigue 10 i remember i was like wow like <laughs> yeah yes be careful out there don't kill yourself and that's romath and romath honestly like he's so fun but he's like 
he's not a reliable win condition. Like, he's not, like, other decks, like, if you're building up to, like, a 9-cost minion that you play, like, not even on 9, you play even later than that, like, and he's not winning you the game on the spot, like, it's probably not, like, probably not great. But it's, it is fun. It is fun to just sit there and watch him cast, like, 30 spells. Even when it draws you 10 into fatiguing, you die. Like, it's still fun. I could see that. What what would you say is the most, like, how, how are you winning games the most? I know before the podcast we were talking about Kel'Thuzad, but you said that you didn't really actually close out very many games with him. So that leaves me to question, like, how were you winning games? Was it just just generating, like, generating things like generating bodies killing them that way or spells or how were you mainly doing it like you can kill them through bodies and spells if you like get cosmic keyboard out and then play like blizzard deathborn cold case star power you can get some four four five five six sixes and just like kill them that way but honestly like in kelsey's odd i did win a few games with them like he he can he can win games if the it lines up that way but honestly as you saw in our like games we played like a lot of the times you win, they have played all of their cards, and now all of their cards are gone. Like, that is kind of a way that this deck wins a lot, I feel like. Yeah, that checks out. That's, in playing a 30-card um, a thirty card deck that kind of plays like a control deck, uh, I can kind of attest to the struggle of the fatigue battle it's another thing that makes reverberation yeah. so good it just answers like one of their cards I, I i just really love that card there's so many fun things i did with this card that just i just i this is one of my it seems like the reverberations on thaddeus is like just so like how you were saying like that just seems like probably the biggest thing you could do with you just, reverberation you just hero power it play like five more cards and then like you have an 11 11 taunt like, like, they can remove it, but, like, sometimes Druid, like, has to literally play, like, a Mosher into it. Or, like, sometimes the, I have literally done the reverberations and the Druid hero powered the Thaddeus and took 11 damage. Like, Druid doesn't have a lot of 1 damage sources if you manage to get the Thaddeus and everything else that came with the Thaddeus, so. It checks out. Yeah, crazy, crazy card and really fun card. Um... Pazic, you still run Pazic in this deck. Like, he got nerfed. I didn't, like, since it's a 40-card deck, you don't get to play all the cards, like, all the time. I haven't really honestly had that many games with Pazic. But I feel like in this deck, you're not you're not aiming to kill him super early. It's not like you're playing Pazic on four and you're slamming that five into your, their face and you're like, I win in two turns. Like, that's not what Spooky Mage is about. So I feel like the attack probably doesn't make that big of a difference yeah i was i was thinking that like i feel like like yeah it is it is a nerf but it's also like such a negligible nerf like it's it's um at least for this deck i would say it's definitely a, a big nerf to like something like uh hunter or something uh like frost dk that that where that one extra damage could like make a big difference in this deck probably not that's true yeah yeah um so yeah this this deck does have a lot of discovers um and you were talking a little bit about like stuff you were discovering what what was uh some of your what were some things that you were super happy to see in your discovers well obviously deathborn's really good uh rewind's good 
to touch on suspicious alchemists by the way one quick tip to uh for people if you ever have a fire sale or not just a fire sale a way to kill suspicious alchemist on the turn you play it like they don't get the discover on their turn and you knew that we man right from your burn mage gameplay I actually did not. I had no idea. Yeah, so if it's not alive to be like, aha, and like offer the discover to the other player, like if you kill it the turn you play it, they just never get a chance to discover. So, Interesting. So that's just like a little piece of advice for people. But um, That's weird, because it says battle cry colon, and then... And then it says it's has its text. It's one of the so ones yeah, I would just, after like, assume you play it's it. Battle cry. It's one of the ones after you play it where it's got like a lightning bolt below it, like like um, and it goes away after after they do the discover. But it's like acolyte of pain or something where like that. I guess that text is considered like an active ability, like because uh, okay. it does have that little lightning bolt below it, like acolyte of pain or any other like uh one of those dudes. So. I guess, yeah, it does say discover a spell, period. If your opponent so. got it. But it, it is weird. It is weird. I would also not think that, which is why I bring it up. Like, it is weird. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's that's a good tip. But, yeah, um, I mean, solid alibi, uh, deathborn, reverberations, uh, blizzard's pretty good. Just, it depends. Like, you're normally going to be trying to stall the game out to a point where you're like, all right, they can't really do much, so... Anything that helps you get there, or, like, any insurance, like, Solid Alibi. Star Power is a pretty good discover, too. When you play volume up, the things you're really wanting to duplicate, I feel like, are Deathborn. Like, matchup dependent, but I found myself either hitting Deathborn, Reverberations, or uh, Solid Alibi the most. Like, Cold Case is good, but I'm not gonna really duplicate that. Unless, like, I'm going for a Kel'Thuzad or, like, Big Deathborn thing. I guess maybe I would Cold Case, if, but, like, I'm not really sure. So. that's Mage just has so much good stuff to discover. And, and especially for, like, the strategy it's going for, I feel like, in all of its stuff. Especially now. Like, all of that stuff is super versatile. Like... In my, I know it's like a different deck, but when I was playing Burn Mage and like discovering solid alibis, like over and over again, would win me games just because it would give me enough time to get to my win condition. So I just, I th- and then you know, like you said, Cold Case too. If you're trying to get your Kel'Thuzad higher, and Reverberations is huge. Like I don't know, I just feel like the stuff you can discover is so big. You also want to keep in mind the things that you do discover in this deck. Like you, you want to like you don't have to have pen and paper out. You can like if you're if you're big, but I mean you're unless you do unless you're taking note, you are going to forget everything. But for your Romath board, like it's like worth it to consider that when you're discovering things too. Because if you can discover like a Deathborn off of um off of Volume Up or even another spell, and you find like two Deathborns, and there's a board, Romath can just do the deathborn and he can just chain deathborns and like you can just kill the, you can just lethal your opponent that way so that's like a specific case but there are other ones too like other it, it's just it is important to keep track of to your best ability like i'm not gonna lie to you and say i'm have a pen and paper down and i'm writing every spell but it's important when you have when you have specific spells that you know like have like consequences like make a mental note like i did that with the druid one against wee wee man where i was like hmm I can just, like, solid alibi here because he's in fatigue, and I can just, like, let him slowly fatigue, but I was like, no, I want to recast all of my spells, and then it drew me to 10, and then fatigue 10, and I was like, huh, 
<laughs> so it's just important. You don't have to keep track of every single one unless you're super serious about improving your game. But if there's, there will be certain like important ones you discover, like Solid Alibi is another one where it's just good to be like, hey, all right, I want to remember that I did discover this this card, and that will happen. So yeah, that's also huge advice. Cause it's actually not that much work. Like, like you just have a notepad down, and just every time you discover something, write it down. And then before slamming that row math, you just like look over it and be like, "All right." I mean, you know, it could save you some frustration. I know Private Merc said he, it's still fun when his row math kills him, but I feel like if I was playing this deck and row math killed me, I'd like, <laughs> I'd like hate myself. <laughs> well, an important thing to note too is as soon as you finale infinitize the maxitude once the next copy that gets returned to your hand is a like it's a it's a it's a different one so it recasts all those wow it recasts every finale everyone you've done after the finale that's crazy so like if your hand's not super empty you're gonna just get a bunch of random mage spells so like keep that in mind if you've discovered stuff like Horn, the horn of the ancients off Queen Ajara, and you like really want that colossal. Like, I mean, but you really do want to finale infinitize a lot, so it's just tough. It's just tough. You're gonna just like have a full hand unless you're playing Romath on like nine because you got some nutty line, but cool. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in that sense, that, that could be like a way, like if you know. You played a bunch of Infinitize the Maxitudes and, like, a bunch of other card draw type things. Um, like, dumping your hand the turn before you play him, maybe. So then you play him and you have, like, one card in your hand, but then he, like, fills your hand back up while doing other cracked stuff. Just don't... I could see that being big. Just don't discover a sun well, because <laughs> then he'll recast that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Because <laughs> I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> Then just watch your whole deck disappear yeah. in the fire. His <laughs> Romath is like, you imbecile. <laughs> <laughs> well, unless you have any more questions about specific cards, uh, I don't have any. I don't think I have any more specific points I want to touch on with this deck. This deck again is not one I'd recommend. If you, I guess the Mulligan, like you want the sorry, you want the Cosmic Keyboard, you want Volume Up. You want Armor Vendor and you want Queen Ajara or the things I think. Like, I'll, I'll keep Suspicious Alchemist. Um, trying to think of anything else. I keep Prismatic Elemental as well. Statistics show that's not a great keep. Statistics also show that uh, Nurubian Vizier is not a great keep. But if I, have a, if I have a specific hand, like if I have Location or I have Cold Case, I'll normally keep Vizier because I'll probably, because I like have a guaranteed way to get some undead out and then get that reduction. But I don't think I normally keep Vizier without Cold Case. So that checks out. And like, if you know they're going to be an aggressive deck, like Deathborn is still a good keep because it's just a Deathborn an aggressive board. Like it's just game winning play. So, but yeah, this deck is really fun. Matchups, I guess, like trying to look here i don't see much data on matchups but in my own experience hmm, i beat control i feel like in my own experience like blood decay uh not control priests as much I, or actually sometimes yeah but blood decay the most because i think i honestly play way more blood decays i didn't play that many control priests at all 
But you just outvalue more experience. You just outvalue them. I feel like you just outvalue the blood decay. They even got like Mograin out on like turn eight or nine or something, and we got to fatigue, and I want like I still killed them. Like yeah, I just feel like you just can get more more value. You have more card discover. Like I feel like the are you seeing? Sorry, go. Oh, ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, I was, are you seeing many blood decays running the um? Card, I forget its name, but it, it doubles the stats of all the minions in your deck. Lorthamartheron. I uh, I've I remember seeing one Lorthamartheron like the past few days, but I think it was in a hunter. Okay, because I I've seen those in quite a bit in a in quite a few uh, Blood DK games, so I was just wondering if it was the same up in Legend Land. Um, Cause that 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 card seemed to kind of screw me over a few times. Like it, it's just scary. Like it's slow, but at after that point, like everything in their deck is just so big. It's just hard to deal with. Yeah, off the top of but my, I f- off the top of my head, I feel like unless that's I mean this is just off the top of my head, so I'm definitely forgetting some of them. But I feel like other than No Muncher and the Banshee, there's not like is there anything that's like horrible or i guess they're just playing like seven mana 14 14s like off like patch or not right. patchwork but mograin like i guess everything's just really big but with your deck i mean you do have a lot of freeze and you also have a lot of um you have the solid alibis and stuff so i feel like with spooky mage it's not as much of a problem it's definitely a problem with decks where like you don't really have many removal tools, but I feel like this the the spooky mage. I feel like doesn't really care about Lorthmar. I feel like it. W- I feel like if Blood DK played on seven, I'd probably lose because like I do have the freezes and I have a few reverberations and stuff like that. But like, I can't freeze for thirty turns. Like, yeah, that's true. I can only stall so long through the solid alibis and the blizzards. Like the reverberations, like I said, are good, really good removal, but. I feel like if they played that on turn seven, that that I just didn't see it. I just didn't see any of that. But I'm not sure if Spooky Mage would have the tools. Checks out to actually remove everybody. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So overall, would you say that control is like probably like in your experience, like the, the those were the easier games then, uh, or as opposed to aggro or yeah, my experience, like I win, I was winning more often than losing those, uh, those control matchups. And then like on dead priests and stuff, we're just blowing me up on like, like turn six or so. It's like, so yeah, I would definitely say that in my experience, I was beating the control decks, like bloody K control priests, but I was, the more aggressive decks are really pounding me down. Cool. Yeah, well, that's that's all the questions for me, unless you have anything else you want to go over. No, that's all I have, so we can go ahead and move on to the, the next part of our show, the duel of Spooky Mage and Menagerie Warrior. Yes, sir. Alright, but I have the daily quest, so you gotta put Nosedormu the Eternal in your starting deck. <laughs> yeah, we should actually do that, because, like, instead of re-rolling that, me and you could just play three games together. Do you have it? In our deck. <laughs> yeah. Do we, do, we <laughs> or, do we do it Or wait, right we now? might not. <laughs> Hang on, let's see. That would actually be kind of funny. If you re-rolled it, I, ha- I still have it from a few days ago. Let me see if I have it. Uh... 
Oh, I do not. Oh, well, you're terrible. All right. I could re-roll one and you see can, if I get it. Out, but... No, it comes out on a specific day of the month every month. It comes out on Nose Normu oh. Day. Okay, well, next time we both have him, we, we, that we need to do that. should be a special for the podcast to replay a 15-second game. It's, that would be that would be fun. We should do that. All right, I'm down. Okay, well I've selected my deck and I'm ready to annihilate you, wee wee man. So. All right. Well, well good luck in doing that, right, good buddy. Luck, good luck, gamer. Private Merc's point of view. All right. So we got Spooky Mage versus Menagerie Warrior. Let's see what we get in our starting hand. We get Romath, Deathborn, Star Power, and Volume Up. We don't want Romath. I don't think we want Deathborn, so we're looking at a star power and a volume up. Hmm. Pondering here. Star power and volume up. I feel like volume up's definitely a keep. It's more if star power is or not. So then... So I think early on, he's. I'm wondering if he's going to get like really big early on. I think we just take the volume up and then because like star power this is really tough yeah we're just going to keep the volume up and we get back <laughs> star power oh my gosh cold case and another volume up so we don't have a play until turn th turn 4 or more we're going to coin one out on turn 3 that's uh, kind of awful and He keeps one card and gets rid of two. He keeps leftmost and mulligans the other two away. He's roping, turn one. Let's go, Wee Woo Man. He may have several different. Oh, and he passes. Okay. Oh, I draw an armor vendor. That's a fantastic play. So we're going to probably try and, hmm, this is tough. I think we coin out the cold case and then we, so we can finale the volume up on actual turn four. Because if we coin out the cold case, we're going to be able to contest his board. And hopefully he plays something with two health or something with divine shield one health this next turn. So we can just armor vendor trade hero power. And then if he, he'll develop board more on three and the cold case will answer that. Ooh, but he plays the weapon for plus two attack. And he goes face, which would check out. So, gets rid of my forearmer. Unfortunate. I draw Kel'Thuzad, the inevitable. And we're just going to go face and hero power here. So he's got that sharpening tuning fork with one durability left. Five cards in hand. Turn three. And looks like he's going for a slower strategy this game, unless his hand just didn't line up. It looks like he's going for, like really like generating a lot of bands maybe or maybe he's just holding back for a big party animal hand not sure here but he hasn't played a one drop and his two drop was the weapon so it looks like he may be trying to win a control control game here which we'll see could make for a very interesting game but he just plays party animal okay and then he's playing razorfin rockstar okay I think we still coin out the cold case, but we'll see what he does with that weapon. 
He goes face to the weapon. Okay, so we can trade that vendor into the party animal then. And we draw a star power. So we got two star powers, two volume ups, coin, cold case, Kelpiza. Oh, this is a tough one. So I really want a star power next turn and have the coin, but are we just going to pass? I think we're going to coin out the cold case, and that's going to turn out pretty well. And we're going to hit that 2-3 once. Alright. He has three probably still buffed cards in hand, so... We might be taking some damage next turn, but I think it's going to be worth it to just do the volume up, because the card advantage that's going to give us in setting up a star power should work out, unless he makes his board like really big over the next two turns. So we got two volume ups, two star power, and Kel'Thuzad in hand. armor's up to gain four. And he goes face, so I'm still at, lose all my armor again. This works out. We'll just trade a skeleton into the 2-4. Kills the 2-4. We'll kill the 2-2. Two -two. And we'll volume up. So we just trade our skeletons in there to kill his Party Animal and Rockstar, and we volumed up. We get Solid Alibi, Solid Alibi, Deathborn. Hmm. I think it's probably just a Solid Alibi. His stuff's buffed already, so... I mean, I don't mind having three Solid Alibis in my hand. And if he hopefully develops board here, we can play a pretty big star power, so... And right now we've got a Savara, and she's got one volume up inside. Two more spells to be added to it. And we still get our armor vendor out. Our hand is very reactive here, though. The three solid alibis, the deathborn, the two star powers, Kel'Thuzad, Savara. Like, we're very much dependent on him actually playing something this turn so that I can get value off of a turn five star power. But... It almost looks like he's not. He's uh, really like considering his turns here. So it almost seems like he might not play something. So I'm very curious. plays an abyssal bassist and i guess i'll do that. i mean that's still not a bad that's not a bad star power i'll just star power that bassist and that's one less basis that he can uh amalgam of the deep now too he only has one more basis for that guaranteed band to discover off the amalgam of the deep so i am okay with that Alright, he plays a 5-6 uh, Power Slider. 
and I'm just gonna play one of my three solid alibis here, so I can, um, so I can play Savara next turn. Cause I'm fine with that, cause she's gonna add me back star power, volume up, and an alibi. So I'm gonna go ahead and just alibi here. So next turn we get Savara, get back an alibi, a volume up and a star power, and then we would have 10 in hand, so hopefully we can draw something else we can play, like, um, hmm, we have to draw here. Plays a Nelly. On curve. We need, like, a Prince Renathal or, like, a... Cosmic keyboard or an audio amplifier here in order to not in order to be play play this Savara and be happy about it He's doing his Nelly discovers. Okay, we get a reverberations. Hmm. We can reverb that pirate ship and see what we get. I think we'll do that because that'll. We, we just drew reverberations. Is that better than... Hmm. I think we will do that. And we'll hear a power ours. Let's see what pirates we get. We get Tuscar, Troller, Sword Eater, and Mistake. Hmm. We play the Troller and we see Dispensabot, Keyboard, Romath. Then we take the Keyboard and we'll play Mistake and we'll play the Sword Eater. A lot of stuff there, but we reverbed his Nelly's tail. He repowered it to get a mistake, a 2 3 Tuscar Trawler, and a 2 5 Sword Eater, and then we played all of those and uh, killed his tail. And now he's going through the motions and he's also playing all of his uh, pirates since his tail is dead. And we also froze his power slider with location. So the only thing he can attack with right now is a 5 5 Nelly, which probably has to hit my Sword Eater.
I just played a lot of stuff there. Hmm. So we're going to full trade here, and then we're going to Cosmic Keyboard, and we're going to Volume Up, and Solid Alibi. Put Solid Alibi first, so we can finale the Volume Up. We find Cold Case, Blizzard, and Reverberations, and we will copy the Blizzard. We are low on solid alibis though. We only got one left, which is kind of scary. Wow, so we've got a really good, he's got six minions on turn with three, four, and five health. So we can get a really big blizzard here to generate a six, six, and then next turn get a full deathborn board. So this is really, really big actually. And he's going to weapon my 3-2 away. He's got four cards in hand. And I'll go ahead and play that blizzard and then... Yeah, just play the blizzard. And hero power the five healther. And we'll make a skeleton too with our location here. Applauses. Oh my goodness. He roaring applauses for how many cards is that? Three, four, five. He just drew six cards. He has Mistake, Nelly's Head, Trawler, Amalgam, Mistake, Sword Eater. Oh my gosh, this man just drew so many cards. That was a really big play, though. We still have that solid alibi in our Commander Savara, though, which is important. Oh, he had the party animal. I was worried about that. That's sad. And he weapons my skeleton away. Just gonna hear about our party animal, Deathborn. And we get six skeletons and still have our 6 6 up. 
or a 6-4, because he got hit by the death form, but we full cleared his board. He does have 10 cards in hand, 9 of which are buffed by that party animal he just played, so this is going to be a bit of a battle. He has 10 cards in deck, I have 20, so in terms of us going to the Fatigue Wars, um, I would I would probably be winning that. So We also have Kel'Thuzad in hand, which he's only at 4 skeletons, but we have 6 on board right now, so... A lot of skeletons in the bank. He plays a click clocker and then transforms it into a 5-6 backstage bouncer. He has 5 mana left. He made two 5-6s. Then he plays a stereo totem. And a sword eater. Big turn for him. Big turn. A lot of stuff. Hmm, I'm trying to think how uh, star power would pan out here. I think we want to get... Okay. I'm trading two skeletons in. He's got three things at four health now, so it should mostly work out. And if it it won't one thing, man, I'll hit one more thing, actually. Alright, now let's try it. Exit perfect clear there. And then we'll also drop Posic here. Or we could location infinitize. I think we'll pause it. He's kind of forced into a band play here. I feel like he's down to 14 life. I've got Posic, two skellies, and a 6-4. So he's going to have to band here and hit that 6-4. Unless he's willing. Because I got Kel'Thuzad 2 in hand. Which, he's at 8. And if these two other skeletons die, he'll be up to 10. So that's quite large. <laughs> His hand is so full. He does play a band. And he plays one three three robot. He's gonna probably hit my elemental and he has to hit something or he just dies because I have enough damage out. Whether he knew what was in my hand or not, off the Kel'Thuzad. And he hits one thing, and I'm not sure if he's going to hit another thing. He weapons a skeleton away. And he does, he is going to hit my Posic with the band. Hmm. I think we cold case here. Pretty sure we cold case. So I'm gonna, okay. Mm -hmm. Just because we want to get a fat Kel'Thuzad and get him with his guard down. Okay, so we'll cold case. And then we're going to... We can location Ranathol because that spends all our mana. And plays maximum amount of skeletons. And, Okay. So our Kel'Thuzad's up to 10 skeletons now, and I got three on board, a closed location, and a 3-4 Renathal out, and he just has the 3-1 audio bot. Still has seven cards in hand, still managing to keep a really big hand, but let's see. He plays a, a fat power slider, a 12-13. 
So we got a Savara play next turn, I think, is our best bet. Because our hand's going to be at seven cards, so we can actually manage to fit that in now. Whereas we've been trying to... <laughs> trying to just play optimal things, and it's made it so that we can't really have a comfortable Savara turn. Oh, he plays Voon here. He played Backstage Bouncer on his 3-1 Audiobot, and then a 12-13 Power Slider. Okay, so we reverberations those 12. Or, hmm. This is so tough. I think we could just blizzard this and play Commander Savara. I think that would be fine here. And, like, make him maybe have to play, play as a band, and then I can... Mm, but then the blizzard's gone for the band. I don't think we want that. I think we'll play the... We will play the Savara. And we could play this star power, maybe. That leaves us open to a ton of damage, though. I think we can go ahead and solid alibi here, power infinitize, and search for an answer. Frozen Touch, Terriality Volume. We'll take the Frozen Touch. to see what those two things copied by Rockmaster Boon are, but I'm pretty sure they're both just bands. So he probably has four bands in hand. And then three other cards. Hmm. I think at least. Because one of them was created by Amalgam of the Deep. So that one and off of the basis. So one is definitely a band. So he's got at least two, and I'm pretty sure he has his OG one, because he waited a while to play that Voon. So we're dealing with four bands, but probably no more. Or five, because of Zola. And that's what we're looking at here, so we have to keep that in mind. He is going to go ahead and play one of them. And Zola it. Which is fine. And then we can go ahead and, we can go ahead and Blizzard... Blizzard puts us to nine. Suspicious puts us to nine. That puts us to nine. Hmm. We do want a Blizzard here. Or do we want a Star Power? And we want a Blizzard here. This is so difficult, though. We do just want to see Alchemist first. I think we. Hmm. It's hard. Then we take the Solid Alibi and Ashara as well. We get Solid Alibi. Hmm. This is tough. I think it was Suspicious Alchemist first. And. Okay, cool. 
We find counter spell, ice barrier, sunwell. I'll take the ice barrier, which you can have that, I don't mind. And then I'll go ahead and blizzard. Hmm. He has four bands still on hand. He know he knows what the secret is. He watched me play it, but he's looking at the suspicious alchemist to discover. It does. I played it right after I got it though. He does, he, he gets it, okay. Plays the ice barrier. Mermy, amalgam. Armor up. Alright, so I'm gonna try and get a big star power board here, I believe, if I can work that out. So we did some board clear in a way that we could star power his entire board and left him with a 6-1 amalgam ban, but I decided that was okay. And I went ahead and finaled and infinitized the maxitude and found a blizzard. Whew. So he's still got three bands in hand. This is a freaking duel. Maybe using that star power wasn't worth it, so he could have two stealth ones out at some point, but we'll see what happens. Plays a mistake. Armor up, gain five armor tuning fork, and a ghost rider off an amalgam of the deep. Interessante. He discovers two spells, 
and he goes face and I get my 8 armor and he goes weapon face so I don't get my 8 armor anymore I draw my cosmic keyboard why can I go here I might just blizzard Ashara I might Ashara blizzard sorry that's what I want to do Ashara blizzard get another blizzard yeah, that's what I want to do so Ashara and I grab the ring of tides and then I'll cast a blizzard and I'll go ahead and just go face and get rid of that secret give him his armor so I can start getting rid of it it's two spells off of ghost rider interesting there's a lot of he could have gotten like the taunt one the keep discovering taunt minions that would prove pretty valuable in this matchup but we'll have to see what he's got <laughs> Click clocker, and then band. Is he gonna band here? What's he got? Sunwell off Ghost Rider. Wow, <laughs> a big Sunwell. Our Kalthazad has 28 damage inside of him because he's got 14 skeletons. So we just gotta keep that in mind, dependent on our board and their board. Because that could be very, very strong. He trades a doggy biscuit. He unleashes fell. Ooh. So looking at our deck tracker here, the only spell left in our deck is uh the Deathborn, so we could just We could just uh Play the volume up Deathborn, which I think what we're gonna do here. And go ahead and Deathborn and we get four skeletons. And then we have the ring too, the ring that gave us the other Deathborn. We could just lethal him if he decides to band this turn. Like we could get a really big Deathborn and then just Kel'Thuzad for lethal. We'll have to see what he does here. Cause he is at 42. That's still I'm still a bit ways, so we'll have to see what happens. Very hard fought game, though. We've both played so many cards. He still has all those Sunwell spells. Like, who knows what that stuff could be? He's thinking really hard about this one, though. I don't blame him. He shield slams my 5 1 off the Ghost Rider. He blade storms all my skeletons away. So my Kel'Thuzad's at 18, but he would have to summon 6, so he'd only be dealing 24. 
So I'll go ahead and just... Hmm, I might just play an arcane... Um, we could dirty rat and probably kill one of his bands. So that seems like a good plan, actually. First, let's prismatic elemental before anything. Prismatic elemental, find arcane bolt, doggy biscuit. Hmm. Let's get the doggy biscuit and let's trade it. We trade it and we find Nerubian Vizier, which is active. Let's play that Vizier. Sunwell. Couldn't <laughs> give some Bashar Gateway. Um, I mean, Gateway grabs us our bot or our amplifier. I say we just take the Gateway. We find the Dispenso bot. Just two Frost spells. Then I'm just going to go ahead and play the... We didn't use our mana super optimally, but I'm just going to play the Cosmic Keyboard here. plays the doggy biscuit on the mermy five cards in hand two cards in deck and he's probably got about two bands left so that's what we got out last here he plays a band and i'm assuming he's gonna leave that stealthed so what we're gonna do is we're gonna play rat Oh, Rat pulls Magatha, which is actually not very good. So we'll Frozen Touch the Magatha. Okay. We'll trade with Vizier. We'll play a new Vizier. Do we want Cold Case Blizzard or Alibi? We'll probably take the Blizzard because that actually does something. And then we'll go ahead and play Solid Alibi. He's got that Sunwell spell in hand. He's still got one band in hand. And this chilling dispense bot gives us frost spells, so I'm probably gonna lead with that before I artificial blizzard. And this game looks pretty one for us. We've got the Keltuzad for 18. We just need to clear his board with blizzard, blizzard, and then another blizzard off the blizzard in my hand, blizzard off the uh, one cost ring, and then also just have the artificial out for armor gain. It's looking tough for him. Dang. So always check for lethal. So if I did it right now, 16 skeletons would pop. Two, 
four, six, eight, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Only, yeah, it would definitely not kill. It would clear his board, but it would not be killing. So we're going to Artificer. We're going to gas Blizzard. We're going to play... Uh, we're going to trade the Doggy Biscuit to give that dude a rush. The 4-4. Four, four. We're going to play a Chilling Dispenso Bot. And it gives us a solid alibi and a Deathborn. Oh my goodness. And then we're just going to... We're going to trade and play a Audio Amplifier. He's just gonna have to play the other band here, I think. Which he does. It's an 8-8. Eight, eight. And then he plays a... Zola on it. So he has one more band in hand. Dang, he kills my Artificer. That's sad. So we're gonna go ahead and play a. We're gonna go full face here, which sets him to fifteen. So if we play Kel'Thuzad, my board's full. So eight, third, two, four, six. I'm gonna get what? Eighteen. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So then nine more damage would go face, which is. I think we have lethal here. Yeah, we got him down to negative three. Dang. Wee wee man's point of view. All right. So Garrosh Hellscream is saying victory or death, and we have drawn three cards because we are going first. Um... The cards I have, Abyssal Basis, Roaring Applause, and Rolling Stone. So, it did say Abyssal Basis is like a nice keep. So, for science, I'm going to throw away Roaring Applause and Rolling Stone and keep the Abyssal Basis and see if I can't get a pirate or a weapon and maybe something better. I don't really want the roaring applause. I would rather draw into that, especially since I don't really have like a cheap hand with the seven cost abyssal basis. But I'm going to keep that because stats show that that is the highest win rate card in the deck I'm playing. So let's see if that is enough to oh, oh okay. I just drew a second abyssal basis and my razorfin rockstar. So that's pretty awful. I kind of hate that, but whatever. 
Um, so we have two options here. Uh, we drew a party animal, so I can play my Reservant Rockstar, and then next turn, I, I don't know. It's like, do I, I think I might just pass here, because I think I just want to draw one more minion and then party animal on two, just for that giga value, because I mean, giving plus one, plus one to both my Abyssal Basists is pretty huge, and all he does is play an Armor Vendor, um, so... Alright, cool. So, we just drew a sharpened tuning fork. So, I think I'm going to not play Party Animal yet. Um, I think I'm just going to play the tuning fork, because right now its effect is gain to attack. Um, so, I'm going to equip the weapon. It's going to reduce my Abyssal Basists by 2, which is really nice. And then I'm going to go face because i'm not really concerned about an armor vendor um i feel like that was really really huge that we could just get rid of his um we could get rid of his armor and then i still have four but then he hero powers me for one and hits me with his armor vendor for another one all right we drew an amalgam of the deep so it looks like this is going to be a game where we get our uh, we get our amalgams pretty early, so I'll be able to discover one off the Abyssal Basis. be nice if I could get one more weapon. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and play a party animal now, because I have an amalgam, the kill boar, and then the two uh, Abyssal Basis in my hand. So we're just going to play that party animal. And I'm going to play my Razorfin Rockstar now. And two things crossed my mind here before I end my turn. I could attack his face for four, or I could kill his armor vendor. Um, I'm not, uh, yet again, I'm not too worried about the armor vendor. Um, so I'm just going to go ahead and hit face again. So he's thinking. Our hand is just two Abyssal Basists and an Amalgam of the Deep. So, it's kind of kind of a scary hand. I would really like to draw a Magatha or a, um, just something that could draw me cards. Even a Roaring Applause would be really big right now because he can't kill my minions yet. So, he plays a Cold Case, hits my uh, party animal for one with his armor vendor. And we drew a Power Slider. So... Hmm. Now, if I'm not careful here, he could have a pretty big um, Deathborn in three turns. So, I mean, we're still pretty far away from it. I'm just wondering if I go face here. I don't think I want to play anything. A Power Slider with plus two, plus two isn't that huge. That would make him a 4-5. Um, I don't know if I want to do that just yet. I'll definitely hero power and gain 4 armor. Thanks to my Razorfin Rockstar. Putting me at 6 armor. And now I need to decide. My rope's burning. Do I hit his minions or do I go face? Um, I'm going to just go face. We're still pretty far away from that Deathborn. So I'm still not worried about it. 
Maybe he'll trade into more of my things. I'll be a little more scared if he plays, like, another cold case. Okay, so he does trade into my stuff. And then he plays a volume up. We're pretty happy he doesn't have weapon out right now. Or the armor guy. Or else he'd be getting a lot more value. We drew another power slider. So that's, like, pretty bad. That, like, is honestly not great. Um... And still, we have not played that many types. It feels horrible doing this, but I think what I'm going to do is play my five, my, my abyssal bases that was given 1-1 one, one from the party animal. So a 5-5-8. Five, five, He's going into his turn 5. Unless he has reverberations, there's not a way he could deal with it. The only thing I'm worried about is that he does have that reverberations, because Private Merc is... Definitely uh, a big fan of that card. So, do I play one? And I mean, I guess that forces him to use a Reverberations, and I do have another one. I guess we can try it. We'll play the 5 8 one. Um, or, you know what? We'll play the 4 7 one in case he does have Reverberations. And just hope that he stays alive so we can play Amalgam of the Deep on it. He plays Star Power. Dang. Well, alright. So, uh, I'm sick of really not having anything to do. I drew a Nelly, so I'm just going to play a power, one of my Power Sliders because I just, I can't keep doing nothing. Um, and then I'll armor up, and I'll put my power slider at a five-five and kill his, kill his uh, armor vendor. So he plays a nightcloak sanctum, which is pretty big. Another armor vendor putting me at eight armor, him at four. And then he plays solid alibi, so he's avoiding taking my five dam, five damage next turn. I think here. What I'm going to do is play a, let's see, we could do another Abyssal Bassist and Amalgam of the Deep It. I think what I'm going to do first is play Nelly. And our first options are Suspicious Pirate, Fogsail, Freebooter, and Tuscar Trawler. Um, Honestly, the dredge might be big here. I don't have anything to make a weapon or give me... Like, I don't have a weapon or anything to give me one, so I don't know about Fog Sail Freebooter. Um, I don't know if I care to discover a weapon. Um, I guess that could be big. I'm definitely between Suspicious Pirate and Tuscar Trawler. Um... Don't I mean we could dredge. We haven't drawn our We haven't drawn our uh band yet. I'll take a sword eater from the next one. And I'll take a mistake from the third one. I know that seems pretty bad. But taking that mistake is just allowing me to um increase my types um for that other power slider and for my next my first amalgam band. So 
if he does kill my Nelly this turn, um, having an amalg- another amalgam to play on top of the two that are already in my deck, I feel like is pretty good for, um, for you know, just getting my types up. But also, um, just so you're aware, the other two cards that were in that last discover pool were, uh, or wait, so he reverberations my taunt. And then he freezes it. Kind of scares me. So he gets all the pirates I had. So what he did there is actually pretty good because he just got to see everything that I'm going to get off that Nelly and now he's going to be able to play around it pretty pretty nicely. Um... So he just plays everything he got off that Nelly, and then hits my Nelly, and then freezes one of my 5-5s, creating a 2-2. So I think what we're going to do here is just play our zero-cost mistake. Definitely going to play our dredge. Let's see what's down there at the bottom. Both my sword eaters and a roaring applause. I Hmm... I think I might take the Roaring Applause. But how many cards do I have? I have I have three different be- types out, so that would draw me four cards. Do I need to draw four cards? I am about to play a lot. But if I add more to my board, then I'm just drawing even more cards. So, honestly... Uh, I think I might just get my Sword Eater from the bottom, because I'm going to have a lot of a lot of cards. Then I play. I'll play my Abyssal Bassist. I'll Amalgam of the Deep, so that I can take my Amalgam Ban. And then I'll play that a mistake, and then trade or er, and then hit my Nelly into his. Uh, sword eater that he stole from me so now my board is looking pretty thick um not in a good deathborn range but he could definitely do a pretty fat blizzard on it and then next turn have the biggest uh deathborn of all time which is what i'm kind of worried about he's probably going to blizzard this Plays Cosmic Keyboard, and then he blizzards. Oh, he's Solid Alibis. Interesting. So he must not have that blizzard. So that's that's nice. Uh, it sucks that we couldn't do that damage because he had that Solid Alibi, but um, still good to know. So I think what I'll do right now is just play my... Sword Eater. I'll gain two armor just because. Um, and then, do I hit his things? I honestly don't think I want him having that Cosmic Creation out. Um, I want to try to make sure I'm not playing into a Deathborn here. 
So I think what I'm going to do is hit my power slider into his 4-4. Four, four. And then I think since I have that taunt up and he can't really lower the health of anything with that cosmic creation, I'll just put the rest at face. And just so he doesn't have that 2-2, two, two, I'll hit my... Um, I'll use my weapon to kill his his um two two and then I'll end my turn. So I still have a pretty thick board, but he's definitely gonna be doing something to it here. I have a feeling he volumed up on the last turn after he played that cosmic keyboard. Yeah, here comes the blizzard. So he blizzards, puts it at two. So yeah, he's about to have the biggest um deathborn of all time which is pretty scary so right now i have two alls so that's two types i have a pirate that's three another pirate still three another mistake so i'll be drawing four cards if i play this roaring applause that i just drew um i don't really know what else to do so i'm just gonna play the roaring applause Alright, and then I guess I'll play, I can only play one thing here, sadly. I could play a Stereo Totem, or I could play a Party Animal. Hmm. Well, after he plays that Deathborn, that Stereo Totem's gonna die... It would be nice if I could have him out for a little longer. And I have 10 cards in my hand, so I'm going to get some pretty good value off this party animal. So I play party animal. I can't play anything else because my board's full. I'm going to swing my weapon into his 2-2 just to make his deathborn a little smaller. Because it actually went off and killed another one of my minions, which is really nice. But he's still he's going to be able to hero power and deathborn, which is really, really big and not good for me. So, but there's another one. So, I think what we're, we're going to do here is just, we have a lot of cards in our hand that I think we want to get rid of. Because we have Rockmaster Voon and two, one Amalgam Bands. I would like to eventually be able to play that Rockmaster Voon so I can copy them and have four Amalgam Bands. So, what I'm going to do is play Click Clocker. And I'm going to... Play one backstage bouncer on it. And I'll play a stereo totem. And I'll play my two cost sword eater. Okay, so the stereo totem hit my Rockmaster Voon. Okay, so he plays Star Power. Clearing all my stuff. Uh, that Pazic is really annoying that he just played because I want to rock Master Voon, but he's just he just did that to me. And now playing an Amalgam Band feels bad because he's just gonna be able to. Well, okay, I could play a bot. I could play one of those bots and one Amalgam Band, because I am at 14 health. 
So I think what I'm going to do is play an amalgam band. And I'll play one audio bot. Um, so I have three attack on my weapon. I have a wind fury poisonous. So what do I clear? Um, I think I want to definitely hit a six, four first with, while I have divine shield. Um, and, and then I guess I'll swing into one of his two twos and see what that hits. That just goes face. So I'll just hit one of his, I'll just hit his Pazic and he gets that audio bot. So it's really sad that I couldn't Rockmaster Voon both of those, but I was about to die. I was at 14 health and he had enough stats to kill me. Okay, so he plays a cold case. And another Nightcloak Sanctum and then Renathal. Okay, now we have Zola, so we still have a pretty fat Voon hand. I might play one Power Slider to start. Now I can play a Backstage Bouncer. I don't think I need to copy him. So I'm going to play, and plus we have a Magatha on our hand, so we don't want to fill up our hand too much, because that could be good. Although I only have eight cards in my hand. Reality check. So, yeah, I guess Magatha isn't that big right now. We don't want to put ourselves into fatigue that early. Um, so, yeah, I'll play a backstage bouncer anyways, just to have some taunts, some bigger bigger things on board. And then I'm going to play Rockmaster Voon to copy an Amalgam Band and a Zola. And then I'll probably just hit um, I'll hit a, uh, skeleton. Just cause, like, I'm just, I don't want him to be getting big value off of, uh, Deathborns. So, killing one of those is more important to me than getting rid of his Renathal. Okay, so he plays a Commander Zavara. That's probably giving him back... Probably, he probably played a solid alibi with that in his hand, so he probably got a solid alibi back that he's probably going to play on this turn to avoid taking 12 damage from my power slider. Um, might also have gotten back... Yeah, there's the solid alibi he just played. And then he probably also got back the um, star power, if I had to guess. <coughs> okay. So we drew a mermaid. Um, huh. Hmm. One mistake I made that I should point out is I played, um, I played two Abyssal Bassists. The one was kind of just, uh, bad. It was a bad play. I shouldn't have done it because he did just remove it. And I didn't get to play an Amalgam of the Deep on him. And that's one less Amalgam of the Deep I'm going to have now. Um, cause, or one less Amalgam Band I'm going to have. Because I'm going to draw an Amalgam of the Deep and no Abyssal Basis to play it on. So I could get value elsewhere. But it's just sad that I don't really have a ton I can do here. So what I'm going to do 
is just get started with this Amalgam Band stuff, because that's how I'm going to win. So I'm just going to go ahead and play one Amalgam Band. And I'm going to Zola it. One thing that sucks um, that I was kind of bad about in this game is um, since he's playing such a deck that really just tries to make your opponent run out of cards and not have any more threats. I mean, he's already been playing a lot of stuff that's just given him so much value, and he's just going to continue getting more and more. Plus, he has 16 cards left in his deck with 10 cards in hand, and I have seven cards in my deck with six in my hand. So, unless he has... Unless he doesn't have more solid alibis and blizzards, and he's still got a location out, but he can't freeze my amalgam. But yeah, there's a blizzard, so he's able to freeze everything. So, like, in that way, it kind of sucks, because he's just going to continue getting... Okay, so he played a Suspicious Alchemist. I actually forget... Did he play that and then play the secret? Because he played a secret, too. And I'm offered two secrets here. It's definitely not Counterspell, because he knows I don't run very many spells. Could have been Sunwell. Because um, that would also be good against me. Just give him more cards. Um, but since he played a secret, I'm going to guess he played Ice Barrier. And I was correct. So... Um, hmm, well, let's see here, I think what I'm going to do, hmm, this is tough, I'm going to play, no, I'm not going to play weapon yet, I'm going to play ice barrier, I'm going to play a Mermy, and I'm going to Amalgam of the Deep it. I'm going to take Ghost Rider. I'm going to gain some armor and pass. My Tuning Fork weapon was on Adjacent Minions, which um, I wasn't... I don't really care for at the moment. I think he's probably going to or uh, Deathborn here. He hits my Mermy with his Suspicious Alchemist. Um, he plays a Infused Frozen Touch on my Power Slider, making it a 12-4. Oh, his Skeleton hits it, and the damage from the Skeleton hits... Uh, the power slider as well, killing it altogether, which is pretty sad. Mm. Yeah, that skeleton just made it way too easy for him to clear that. And now he plays star power, which blew up my amalgam, which is horrible. Okay. Um, so, um, I have a Ghost Rider that would be pretty cool to use. Is there a way I could use it? Ugh, my weapon is on the gain five armor, but 
that is a way. I could also Magatha and get the last five cards out of my deck, but I don't I don't know if I want to start taking fatigue yet. I think what I'm gonna do here is Okay, so if I hero power amalgam weapon or or mistake, sorry. So I'm gonna play a mistake, I'm gonna hero power. And then I'm going to play the weapon, even though it has a stinky ability right now. And then I'm going to play my Ghost Rider. Um, we get a Roaring Applause, Blazing Power. Shield damage, deal one damage for each armor you have. Eh, might not be too bad. And Sunwell. I for sure take Sunwell. And then go face. He gains eight armor. And we do eight to him, so it was all for nothing. The Sunwell's actually pretty big. I'm really glad we could get that. Because I want to draw one card per turn right now. Alright, here comes his Queen Ajara. He plays a Blizzard. So I'm going to actually, we got 17, okay, so he hits us and then we're down to 13 armor. But I'm going to go ahead and save my shield slam for that. Hopefully I'll I'll probably be able to um, keep armor up, I'm hoping. Let's see, he could hit me for 9 next turn, putting me down. Uh, hmm. Okay, well, so right now I'm going to play a Click Clocker. Hopefully it hits one of my Amalgams. Yep, it does. And now I'm going to play Sunwell. Um, um, Get a light show, blade storm, doggy biscuit, and unleash fell. Huh. Not the greatest things. I'm gonna trade the doggy biscuit and see what. The rolling stone. Oh, it didn't let me. Oh, I was I was gonna try and after I traded it gave my click clocker rush. And so I played the Unleash Fell and then I played the Elemental that I got from trading. And I was going to clear everything but the Queen Ajara, so he could only hit me for five, and then I could save that shield slam hopefully for something big he plays off of Queen Ajara. But it didn't let me attack in time. Okay, so he has another huge Deathborn. Um, so we could... Hmm. Um, well, I think Bladestorming this could be pretty big. Um... 
We have Light Show. I don't know if I want to Shield Slam his Queen Ajara <laughs> with one health with my 12 armor. But also, if I leave any... Or actually, my board is clear. I'm going to end up take 2, 4, 6, 8 damage, which puts me at 4 armor. So Shield Slam won't really even be able to take care of a big, a pretty big threat. So honestly, what I'm going to do here is Shield Slam the Queen Ajara and then Blade Storm. And then take that damage. I'm going to armor up. And... Play Light Show and a Mermy. So he's at 19 health. I'm at 30 health with 6 armor. Plays a Prismatic Elemental. Oh, the biggest thing I'm worried about is once I do play these Amalgam Bands, he's going to Blizzard them. He's going to have Romath, which is going to recast whatever the hell he's discovering, which I'm sure is some Blizzards and some some bad stuff for me. But it's nice that I have him at 19. If I could chip him down a little more, get him to use some some of that removal for that first amalgam ban zola that so i have the other six six and then or i could zola, i should probably zola the 8a1 because i only i have a zola and two amalgam bands so i only have three more amalgam bands to work with here so he plays an Urbian vizier and he gets puts out a cosmic uh keyboard so if I'm not going to Zola the 6-6 six, six version of the Amalgam I have, um, I think it would be fine for me to Doggy Biscuit my Mermy to make it a 3-4. And then I'll play the um, the smaller Amalgam Band. And... And then I... Got him down to 16 with my Mermy. And then I got that Amalgam Band there. Yes. Okay, he plays Dirty Rat, and that was the best possibility. But if he plays another Dirty Rat, which he definitely could... Uh... It's probably going to pull an Amalgam. Well, it either pulls my Amalgam Band or my Zola, which is horrible. That like that uh that's the point at which I'd probably concede. One thing I always thought, like maybe it would be too strong cuz I don't know a lot about balancing card games, but I think it would be so cool if um for every other type that you added to your amalgam band, it uh, gave it one one. So like my one's at an eighteen right now. Since I played eight types, different types to give it the effects, if it gave it like plus ten, plus ten, that would be like probably be too strong, but that would be that would be fun. Um. So I drew a sword eater. 
I'm gonna play that and equip a weapon, gain some armor. Um. Hmm. I'll remove his. Hmm. This is tough. So I hit my mermy and my weapon into his dirty rat to kill it. Now he has no taunts. My amalgam still has stealth. Uh, I feel like I'm not committing hard enough. I feel like I'm letting him like, f f like perfect his um, hand enough to where like he will just for sure win this. Um. But also one thing I was thinking. If he doesn't have star powers, because I think that's like the biggest thing that could kill my, um, and if he keeps blizzarding, I guess it could kill my amalgamans, but they still have stealth, so I could let him hit me down a bit, um, yeah, so I think what I'm going to do is play my last amalgam band. The other two cards in my hand, by the way, are spread the word and roaring applause, so, um, for comedic effect, if uh, my strategy doesn't work out, I'm going to make myself draw a million cards. But that's besides the point. I'm going to play my Amalgam Ban, and I'm going to Zola it. And he has two, four, six, eight, nine. Well, I'm definitely going to hit his um, Artificer, because I don't want him to gain any more armor. That'll put him out of my like range for lethal but i'm not gonna die from anything else he has out on board so i'm just gonna hit that with my weapon and hope that he can't freeze or solid alibi or play taunts and then i can win but he probably has those things so let's see so he hits me down to 15 If he has a blizzard, I don't know why he's... Or a solid alibi, I don't know why he's not just playing that right now. Oh, man. He plays Kalthizad. Oh, and that's for lethal. Unfortunate. So I guess I probably shouldn't have left his board full. I wasn't thinking about Kalthizad. Good game, wee wee man. Good game. Good game. A well fought. That was duel. like our longest game yet, I think. That was a very long game. <laughs> God, yeah, um, I feel like okay. I didn't play that one right. I I don't know. What do you think? Do you think I should let the game go on that long? With the deck I'm playing? I mean, you had so many bands, but I had like... 
I was I had Kel'Thuzad for a really long time. I was just waiting until like it would. See that last turn, I was thinking if I like clear something or just leave him with stealth, which I thought like the only way I win here is if you know you don't have a way to destroy. Yeah, them. you didn't have anything else. What was that Sunwell spell that was still in your hand? Um. Oh, uh, spread the word. Literally, the last I, the my four <laughs> cards in hand were Zola, the Amalgam Band, and spread the word and roaring applause. <laughs> So I said, I was like, if, if, I was like, if it's my turn and I lose, I'm just gonna like play both of those and kill myself. Well, that was a well fought match. Yeah. So. Well, you um, needed it because I like whooped you the past two weeks. So. I thought I'd let oh you no! Go. You beat Naga Mage, and you beat. What did you beat me with last week? What were you? Were you Spell DH? You were. Oh, I was Spell DH. Okay, yeah. Well, you freaking. I'm I'm too stupid <laughs> for spell DH. That's how so I feel about that's, that's how I feel about um Menagerie Warrior. I feel like I'm too dumb for that that deck. It's like so it feels so hard to play. I feel like I'm just constantly making bad choices, but I unlike other decks, like how I've said before, like with with um I think I was saying it when I sp played spell DH, I was like it it's really easy to find your mistakes, but with Menagerie Warrior, it's like really hard to find your mistakes. It's that yeah. Out. Looking at looking at, we don't have to pick because we changed how we're doing that. But are there any decks you you know you're gonna at least try out for next week? Um, I was looking at Hunter, even though I'm not like I I don't like love Hunter, but it does seem interesting. Um, and I could also um. Like, maybe try out Pure Paladin post-nerf. See how it's doing. And... I think I might try out... I might try Evolve Shaman. Evolve Shaman, nice. Um, yeah, that's a... That's, like, a new deck. That hasn't really been a thing for a while. Yeah, and it runs Baroness Vosh, and I got a golden Baroness Vosh from the Heroic Tavern Brawl, so, like... I'm seeing Evolve Shaman in Tier 2 when I haven't seen it, like, for a very long time, and I have a Golden Baroness Vosh now, so, like, I'm definitely, I may change my mind and not like it if it's, like, too, like, like, super board-based, and if you lose the board, it's horrible, which I feel like it could be, but, uh, I'm definitely gonna try that one. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll probably play, uh, um... Pure Paladin, Hound Hunter. Also, I I haven't done Outcast Demon Hunter on this podcast yet, right? No. So I might I might talk like if I play that a lot and I'm still really enjoying it, I might talk about that next week. But I'm also interested in Secret Mage. Oh yeah, I've been seeing that, that a lot too. Them. No. So yeah, some interesting things. Gonna just try out some stuff, see what feels good. Awesome. Alright. Alright, well this has been a long episode, so unless there's anything you else you want to say, I say we wrap this show wrap this show down <laughs> whatever. Were you about to curse? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta put the explicit <laughs> tag on now. Oh my god. Oh. No. <laughs> Alright. Uh well we hope to see you guys back next week and hope you enjoyed today's show. Bye bye everyone. Alright. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.